Welcome to the Picky Girl Travels podcast, the show for Black women who want more out of life and to live it as they see fit. The message here is all about embracing convention, uh, oh, excuse me, absolutely not, defying convention, embracing adventure, and regretting absolutely nothing. I am your host, Adelia Aborashade of PiggyGirlTravelsTheWorld.com. Um, and so welcome to the podcast. Uh, here we are in January. We're still in the first week of January 2023. And as we are prone to do this time of year, I'm continuing to reflect a little bit. And I thought back to uh, January 2014. Um, I remember this moment clearly. I had no idea how much this was going to change my life at the time. But uh, many of you know, I am currently in the US visiting a friend. And back in January 2014, I sent I shared a uh, blog post I'd read with that friend. Uh, and the blog post was called 14 Fucks I Refused to Give in 2014. Like, that's how I was feeling at the time. And I shared this blog post and I was like, girl, all of these. I am so done trying to fit into what society says I'm supposed to do, trying to be all of these things for all of these people. Um, I have it pulled up right here. Let me see. For those of you that are with me over here on the live stream on YouTube, Let's see if I can share this with y'all. Um, and I will include a link to, oh, I will include a link. Let's, oops, that is not what I meant to share with y'all. And that looks really freaky. This is what I meant to share. Y'all should be seeing the pod, uh, the, the post now. And these things, you know, like uh, all of these things, like fitting in, that was a huge one for me as somebody who is an introvert and just not a regular person. Fitting in was such a pain and a struggle for me. Uh, forcing a smile. I have a uh, mean, mean RBF, resting bitch face. Uh, and so folks were always like, girl, you need to smile. You should smile more. I don't, there are very few things I dislike more being told than being told to smile. And so, you know, I was thinking about me sharing this with my friend back in January, this time of year in 2014. And that was the year that my life changed completely. And I didn't even realize it then. I had spent so much time feeling guilty about, about everything, about who I was as a person, about what I was supposed to be to other people that I felt like I was failing at. Um, and 
it's just so wild to see where my life is now. Um, I had no idea at the time that in 12 months I would be living a completely different life. So why am I sharing all of this with you all today? Because um, there is probably somebody out there that needs to hear this story, that needs to be reminded that feeling guilty about the things you've done, the things that you've not done, uh, whatever your perceived failures are as a woman, as a mother, as a partner, whatever, like feeling guilty, we got to stop that. That's not going to solve anything for anyone. Um, and, you know, when I think about the type of work that I do, I am a financial educator. I help black women learn about their finances, uh, develop financial confidence, learn how to master their money so that they can live the life that they want. And in a lot of my client conversations, there is often a lot of guilt. Guilt for, you know, I didn't save money, I did this, that, and the other thing instead. Or guilt for not knowing about various financial things. Or guilt for not being able to provide, you know, the life either for themselves, their children, that society has told them that they're supposed to be able to provide. Um, I am also... I also work with women who are looking to, you know, travel full time, become a digital nomad, move abroad, expatriate to another country. And in many of those conversations, guilt comes up over and over and over again, you know, like guilt about leaving uh, their home country. And for most of my clients, that's the United States. So I am curious, those of you that are here live on YouTube, is any of this uh, resonating with you? Or, you know, am I the only one out here who was feeling guilty, you know, uh, for, any number of things, but often from, you know, we were often told you can have it all. And, but nobody ever talks about how much, how much work and how hard it is to have all of those things and pull it together and balance it all. So if you're here live, I would love to hear from you, um, whether you felt or currently feel guilty about any of those things. Orletta says, uh, we were bred, we are bred to feel guilty. I agree with you a hundred percent on this, uh, particularly for women. I very much see the use of guilt, wielding guilt, kind of like as a weapon, as a tool of the patriarchy. You want to keep women from, you know, nobody likes a free woman. That's something I've learned. You want to keep a woman from being free, um, tie her sense of accomplishment and her sense of worth to achieving these things that are simultaneously probably virtually impossible to do, have her feel guilty <laughs> and that will keep her tied to you and tied to the system, you know? Um, 
Okay. Uh, Lisa Jones, vibracious life. It resonates with me. Definitely the financial guilt. Um, you know, often on my YouTube channel and on the podcast, we talk about the sort of cult of consumption that exists in the United States and how so much of, you know, the box you get put in and the pecking order of where you belong is very much tied to how you consume and being a visible uh, visible consumption and buying the right things and the right cars, the right clothes, the right brands and all of that. So trying to do all of that in a country where wages have stagnated, but prices have not, can definitely produce a lot of financial guilt. Uh, Dia, you are not the only one. I'm on the early stage of shedding that off. I'm working on changing uh, that RVF to I don't give an F face. Girl, I that's very much where I am. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I, I am no longer feeling guilty about like, not being normal and not, you know, playing the game and all of that. I'm so over it. Okay. Um, Abba, my children's independence left me with virtually no guilt. My brother's fear took me by surprise, but I made it out and made it out to uh, Mexico. So that's awesome. Okay. Y'all keep dropping those comments in there. Uh, pent up wonderless. I have worked on not feeling guilty by, uh, about like what others place on me. I am apologetically me. It takes some work. It really takes some work. Um, I didn't, I think it took me up until that point in 2014 to realize like that's what was even happening. Um, and the, the weight of it all really just became too much. And I was like, I am opting out of this system completely. Excuse me. Oh, goodness, Erica. I have an aunt who calls me multiple times a day and makes me feel guilty if I don't talk to her several times a day. And when, her, when I tell her I'm leaving town, she's suddenly sick. I am, I've, I feel so bad that you're having to deal with this. Um, you know, that very much sounds like somebody else uh, projecting <laughs> their issues on you and trying to make you responsible for their happiness. And, you know, when it comes down to it, y'all, the only person's happiness we are really in charge of is our own. Okay, Alicia says, definitely have felt some guilt about no, not knowing what questions to ask about my finances and waiting to prepare for retirement. Uh, exhilarated and relieved that I know now. Okay, uh, that is awesome. Uh, okay, so... Christina asks a good question. I'm curious, is it easier to feel guilty when you are physically far away uh, from family or friends? Do you mean, is it easier to not feel guilty? Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see it. Uh, is it easier to feel less guilty when you are physically away from family and friends? I don't know. What do y'all think? Uh, because to a certain degree, I would think that that is the case, but I like, like, uh, our previous comment where you've got somebody like actively playing on your fear. I, I think in some cases that might increase as you move away. Like, oh, you left us behind, you know, like, how could you do that? How could you do that? All right. So, um, I got to thinking about like, what are some of the common guilt things that I hear from clients, both my clients who are preparing for a move abroad, as well as uh, the clients I speak to and work with when dealing with their finances. And, you know, a lot of the work I do uh, intersects, in particular, women who are looking to leave the U.S. And we all know that part of that move is financial. Um, you know, one of the fears that I hear a whole lot is, not fears, things they feel guilty about is that like responsibility to stay behind and fight the good fight. You know, like what is your responsibility? Like, yes, you may be in a financial situation that where you can leave the U.S. for whatever reason it is that you are looking to, to leave. But what about the people who are behind, whether they are like related to you or if we're talking about like in the greater sense of, um, you know, we're, we're black Americans and those who are not in a position to leave those of us who are like, are we abandoning them? Are we bailing on our responsibility? What is our responsibility to those people? I'd be curious to hear what y'all have to say about that. So please, if you would drop your comments in the chat. Okay. Dia says, uh, referring to our previous question, it is easier. I recently moved away and it gets easier. You'll gain a different perspective. It doesn't go away completely, but it will get better. You'll gain a different perspective. Okay. So, um, especially for those of you who are in the chat who have been able to leave the U.S. Was that uh, something that you too dealt with? The sense of, you know, the fight for <laughs> full citizenship in the United States for Black Americans is not over. Did you feel, do you feel guilty about leaving in the midst of that fight that is not yet complete. Um, let me know. Okay, Monica says, uh, I fought <laughs> the good fight. Now I have reaped benefits to relax and live according to my pocketbook. Okay, okay. Adrian says, uh, that's up to them to figure out. Not everyone was meant to stay in one place forever. Uh, Auntie Trey says, all I can do is share what I learned. Uh, 
and it's up to them to receive it. Um, I think personally, I did not feel this guilt because I had given the fight 19 years of my life as I, as a public school teacher, like the fact that, you know, we've seen the thing online where I think it was a Twitter post originally where they ask, you know, at what grade were you in when you had your first black teacher? And in the districts that I taught, I was, I was never in the majority of the teachers there. And for many of the black students I had, um, I was their first black teacher and I taught high school. Like they'd made it that far through the system, never having had a black teacher. So I had, for me, I felt as though I had contributed. I'd given up 20 years of my life, so many hours, because y'all know that teachers do not just work uh, eight to three. <laughs> uh, how many nights, weekends, summers. I was the teacher who sponsored events to give kids opportunities to participate in things they might not. So like, I felt like I had gave and I gave and I gave. So this was not a guilt that I faced when I decided to leave the U.S. Let's see. Uh, High Vibe says, I don't feel guilty about wanting to leave the U.S. anymore. I've learned to just keep that to myself. Yeah, you know, like I said, <laughs> freedom from guilt, that's, you know, being able to step away from guilt and not let that weigh you down, that is freedom. And folks don't like a free woman. Valerina says no guilt whatsoever. Uh, Auntie Trey says my niece shares how her children will miss out with Auntie moving abroad, but they can all come visit. See, and that's what I prefer to focus on. It's not about you know, because y'all know I've got grandkids. It's not about the fact that I'm not there on the day to day. It's now they've got a place they can visit and, and a place where they can have experiences that they wouldn't necessarily have living in the U.S. So I, I tend to want to focus on that instead. Uh, Aspen Sierra Photography says, I feel guilt because my mom's side of the family immigrated to America and here I am trying to leave it. This is something that you're you're not alone in this. I hear this a lot from the first first generation folks, uh, the children of immigrants, very much it's like look at all that was sacrificed to get you here and you're like turning your back on this. Um, but I think this reminds us that the dream of your parents is not necessarily your dream. And just because it worked for them, we don't, we don't know if it made them happy or not, but you definitely shouldn't feel guilty for pursuing the thing that will make you happy. Okay. Now this is interesting, Orletta. I'm I'm not telling anyone that can't come with me. They acted a fool, and I simply moved to another state, so I know they'll get over it. Um, it is interesting to see how people react when they find out that you're planning a, an international move, whether like you're 
relocating to another country. And I've also seen this with folks who want to bop around the world. They want to live a nomadic life. That seems to be such in opposition to the traditional way we're supposed to live in the U.S. I, you know, people who express to their circle, to their friends and family members, like this is what I want to do, are often made to feel guilty for that. It's like that kind of lifestyle is very freeing and how dare you want to be free. It's, it's wild the way uh, people react and uh, the society, how society has indoctrinated us to believe those things. Uh, Anissa, uh, black teacher guilt is hard. It is. Um, I think I stayed teaching for as long as I did because in reality, I was burnt out many, many years before, but I stayed as long as I did because I was like the one black teacher. <laughs> and uh, I very much wanted to make sure that those kids had, or all of my kids, but in particular, uh, the kids who uh, were not white. I wanted to make sure that they had somebody in their corner, you know, who understood what it was like to be in these predominantly white spaces and not be white. Okay, Anita says, I earned the right to be free. Um, and that's that's something else I think about, um, you know, like how long are you supposed to stay and fight the good fight? And I, something, when somebody posed that question to me directly, you know, like you have a responsibility to stay and continue this fight. And I thought about, you know, there are different ways to fight that fight. Throughout history, there have been Black folks who left the U.S., blazed the path somewhere else, and then served as a, a guide, a guiding light, inspiration for those folks back, back home to know, hey, there is another way you can live. There, there are other places than this one that do things differently. Um, and so I was like, my position simply has changed. I have not abandoned the flight, the fight. I'm just serving it in a different role. That's kind of how I look at it. Okay. Uh, Alicia brings up a good point in this, the fight. I work in nonprofit social services. I'm tired. I have given as, as much as I have. There is no guilt good for you. Good for you. And I want anybody who happens to be listening to this that might be struggling with this. It is okay for you. Like I, I did it for, you know, 19 years. I see some folks in the comments who've done it for 20 years. If you just did it for three years and you're like, I've had enough, that's okay. There is no magic number of years you've got to suffer and struggle and give of yourself that that means you've earned the right to be free. 
Okay, so whether you've been in the game for two years or 20 years, it doesn't matter. When you feel that you have made the contribution you were supposed to, it's okay for you to move on. You do not need to feel guilty about that. Okay, Pamela, my biggest guilt, regret is tied to wishing I had become financially aware before the last year and some change. I have a long way to go and I'm working on giving myself grace as I, as I build forward. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad you made this comment because that's the, the thing. We cannot feel guilty about what we did in the past, whether it was to survive, whether it was out of ignorance, whatever it is. We've got to forgive ourselves. We've got to give ourselves grace and move forward. Now, when it comes to finances, I've seen several comments about like, yeah, you know, I, I waited so long to start uh saving for retirement, preparing for retirement. Um, it, this is, I, it's really funny how like that's sort of the impetus and the reason that I do the work that I do is because I firmly believe it is never too late. As long as you are still here and you are still breathing, there is still a chance uh, for you to correct that, to move forward from that and, and do better. Um, one of the, uh, oh, hold on before I say that, I'm just gonna go through the comments really quickly because I see that there are a lot of them. A lot of good comments that I'm marking so we can come back and talk about those. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, the, the money, there's, there's so much financial guilt. There are like levels and layers of it. There is the guilt that we feel because we haven't done all the things we're supposed to do or all the things we were told we were supposed to. And I, for me, that kind of goes hand in hand with um, the whole notion of like the American dream and a subset of that is the whole black excellence thing. Um, and rolled into all of that is money. Because when, when, I when I talk to my clients and we discuss like, okay, well, this is where you are in life and this is how much you have saved or, you know, this is how much maybe you, you, you feel like you should have saved versus what you actually have. I have... In all the people I've talked to, I've never had anybody who hadn't saved because they were out snorting coke and smoking crack. Like it's it's because they were trying to do all of the things they were supposed to do 
on that checklist for the American dream and trying to be the embodiment of black excellence because they were trying to pull off those things. Other things like maybe saving for retirement or spending time building up their knowledge of finances that fell by the wayside because they had to work so that they could achieve, so that they could buy the house and they could have the car and they could do this and they could do that. So to me, all of those things are kind of combined and intertwined together. There are two previous episodes of the podcast that are very much worth a listen. And if I were better prepared, I'd be able to like flash, flash them up on the screen, but I'm not prepared y'all. So sorry. Um, about, about this time last year, I think maybe February last year, I spoke with Kayla, uh, and the name of that episode, both of these episodes, I was somewhat prepared. Both of these episodes are linked below in the description. Um, for Kayla, we talked about how she was more than her job and how she was redefining success. Um, that was episode, ooh, what episode, what episode number was that? That would be really great if I could tell y'all that, wouldn't it? Uh, episode 35. Uh, that is definitely, you are more than your job, redefining success, giving, getting over the American dream. Episode 35 of the Picky Girl Travels podcast. That is absolutely worth a listen. Um, and then, uh, before that, it's been a minute. I did a episode of the podcast where I spoke to Alicia Alicia Renice, uh, the artist, and we talked about what a lie hustle culture is. Hustle culture is lying to you. This was episode thirty of the podcast. Both of those conversations were so powerful because we really dug into kind of the cost of black excellence and the American dream and how it, how it's sort of this, first of all, is that our personal definition of success or are those definitions that have been thrust upon us? And then how hard it is to achieve them when often they really aren't the things that we want and then you add to that the cost of doing that. And when you when you fail to do it or when, cause it's, it's let's be real y'all, uh, maybe not so much at, for uh, the American dream, but black excellence is a, what's the word? It's a, it's, it's a moving target. It's a moving target. Like, I'm curious, can we really define like, this is, if you do X, Y, and Z, that's it. You've achieved black excellence. I feel like it's a moving target. And so think about it. If that's what you're pursuing, probably not because it was your own uh, goal. It's been sort of thrust upon you by society. And 
you're continuing trying to to achieve this thing that's always moving. The finish line is always moving. How are you ever going to have time to like enjoy the fruits of your labor and focus on other things that, you know, may make your soul happy, but aren't directly related to that? Christina says, the cost of living is crazy high. I barely make rent, let alone save. That's part of the reason I want to leave. I need a better quality of life and can get that by leaving both Black excellence and the American dream. The focus to me is not about quality of life. It's, it's really about collecting things and achievements so that other people perceive you a certain way, but it's really not about, it doesn't come from the inside in a personal sense of uh, fulfillment. So I see, I see all of those things um, connected. Uh, Aspen Sierra says, saving for retirement, investing have definitely fallen by the wayside as I try to dig out of a mountain of consumer debt, student loan debt. Uh, plus, I don't have high paying work. And that's one of the reasons, like, one, investing is also kind of further down. And then there's the whole lack of knowledge. Like you're busy doing all of these other things. When are, when are you going to learn all about that? You know, that's, that is why I, I didn't know that this is how I would end up doing the work that I do, but it is really all connected, which is why I've kind of dedicated myself to, uh, helping black women get to the place where they can make those financially confident decisions. Scrolling back up through the comments in case I missed anything. Uh, Alicia says you can never achieve it as defined high school degree, college degree, graduate degree, house, marriage, kids. It's never enough. Do more, buy more. It is exhausting. Not only that, it is when you fail to achieve it, you then feel guilty about it. And that guilt, you know, that's just one more thing that we're having to deal with and work through and, that guilt is not going to solve the problem. That's that's really one of the things, one of the epiphanies I had um, in 2014, as I like stopped giving, I had zero fucks left to give, was what good did my guilt, feeling guilty do? Now, like if you think about these external indicators of success. And when we fail to meet those, we feel guilty. It sort of like excuses our, our, our lack a little bit. So think about it, like in society, you know, you're supposed, especially as a woman, you're supposed to, you know, have a job, have an education, have kids. You're supposed to balance all, all of it. You're supposed to be making things off of Pinterest. Your house should look like a Pinterest board, all of that, right? And when you, when you can't, because that's impossible and you feel guilty, it's like 
the guilt is necessary to get a little grace from people, to get a little grace from society. When, if you are unapologetic about missing the mark, folks are like, oh, what's wrong with her? Like she, you know, like you're not a, a good woman. You're supposed to feel the guilt and that buys you a little bit of leeway. And I really started to examine like, well, why am I feeling guilty about this? And what does that serve? It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't undo the things that happened in the past. Me feeling guilty about it. Is that really going to change future behavior? Or is it just going to make me feel like shit? So I, that's, it's like, that was my mental process and sort of how, um, I was able to walk away from that because it was like, it doesn't, it doesn't do me any good. It doesn't benefit me. So why am I spending so much time feeling guilty? You know, uh, life of luxury and ease. I think about it like this. If I had six months to live, what would I be doing with that time? Would I still feel guilty? And I, this resonates with me very much because that was sort of my next frame of thinking as I started to question things. It was like, okay, so what then really matters? And how much time we have, it might be six months, it might be six days, it might be 60 years. We don't know. And it's like, would I want, to, if I had the opportunity to look back on my life, because some folks, you don't get that opportunity. But if I had the opportunity to look back on my life, how would I feel about seeing years and years of me just feeling guilty about existing and doing the best I could? Like, I don't want that. I wouldn't want that. So I had to, I left that alone. Uh, hey, BB says, I think some of us confuse black excellence with a mix of perfectionism and black tax, telling myself I'm not doing enough or fast enough. I'm allowing, I'm allowing myself grace and take breaks when I need them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Christina, I, I, I love that you're giving us a different perspective. I'm Black British and have always looked to African-Americans for inspiration, Black excellence. So it's interesting seeing all of your experiences in Max Exodus. Um, it, it, it is an interesting dynamic. And I think, and I don't know, y'all can tell me, some of the, I, I feel like some of the main folks who want to make people feel, Black people feel bad about making that decision to leave are those folks who are like entrenched in that Black excellence ideology. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me that when someone is like, that is not serving me, and the life I want, my definition of happiness is different and I'm picking something else that the, the, the proponents of the hardcore black excellence folks don't see that as another level of black excellence, 
but see it as something in opposition to it. I find that really interesting. I find that really, really interesting. I often do wonder, uh, folks from the diaspora who are not from the U.S. when they, you know, hear those of us who are Black Americans talk about our unique experience existing in this world, like it's it's a lot, y'all. <laughs> it is a lot in. It is complex and nuanced, and it is a lot. Um, Shauna says, I've given, I've given, uh, to allowing my, my grace when it comes to finances, because I'm starting to earn a degreed salary and I have to learn about saving and investing on my own. Glad you said that. This would be a good time for if <laughs> if I was a much better capitalist, I would like have sponsors for my podcast episodes, but I don't. So I'll sponsor. <laughs> I will sponsor this podcast episode and take a moment to remind everybody who might be like Shauna and trying to learn about saving and investing on their own that there are tools and folks to help with that. And that's one of the things that I do. Um, I am, now that I'm doing this commercial, I'm thinking about it. I didn't put the link in the description of this video, but I host a get started investing challenge for folks, specific folks, black women. This is, now I will work with folks who are not Black women, but for the Get Started Investing Challenge, this is specifically a space for Black women to learn about investing. It is for uh, newbie investors, like I don't know anything, but I need, I know I need to do something. It is also for those who maybe like you have a 401k at work and you've been investing through that, but you don't really understand what you're invested in, how any of that works. It is a safe space where you can ask those questions uh, and, and get answers without like all of the outside pressure. Uh, it is a six day challenge. Uh, the goal is by the end of the challenge, you will have made uh, your first investment. This is the beginning of that journey. Uh, I'm trying to think. I didn't put the I didn't put the link in the description. But if that sounds like something that um, you could benefit from, that you would want to be a part of, registration is open. The challenge starts on the 16th is the first day of the challenge, although we will have like an informal Zoom call on the 15th. Uh, and you can go to pickygirltravels.thinkific.com if you want more information on that. So, so thank you for saying that, Shauna, and that reminded me <laughs> to give myself a little plug. Uh, 
I just saw. Okay. Black Hannah says, I literally became unapologetic in 2022 with zero Fs to give. It is the most freeing thing. And giving no Fs and letting go of guilt, those two things go hand in hand. Um, you can't, you can't be free if you're letting that hold you down. Absolutely not. Monica shares, uh, a friend died a few weeks ago. One sentence she said during her last month, I wish I had had more fun. She was a single parent, a teacher, and a perfectionist. And that's the thing, y'all. That is the thing. So uh, really, <laughs> the message of today's podcast is let go of the guilt. It is not serving you. No matter how well-intentioned you might feel like it is, like I should feel guilty about it, I'm telling you that it is not serving you in the long run, in the grand scheme uh, of you trying to live the life that will make you happy, the life that you've dreamed of. Guilt really has no, no place there. So we talked about, you know, fighting the good fight, black excellence, the American dream. Um, in my work with women who are looking to move abroad or to travel, um, sometimes their guilt comes from uh, having to support other people, whether that be children financially, emotionally, like how am I going to do that when I live somewhere else? Or, um, you know, maybe, maybe you were the black excellence member of your family. You're the person that made it. And especially my first gen folks, you are expected. There's a certain amount of your money that's expected to help out other family members and as you're making different choices, you might not be able to do that anymore. Or the thought of not being able to do that anymore, the, the guilt you feel associated with that, uh, you know, makes you hesitate or delay your own happiness or pursuing the things that you want to pursue. Um, as Monica shared, you know, and several of you have said, we're not here for a long time. We don't know. Here's the thing. We don't know how long we're here. So I am curious if anybody here in the chat um, has had to deal with this. Like there, there are certain financial obligations you are expected to have for family members or those of you who have like, you know, we, we often talk about, oh, well, my children, uh, leaving the children behind, or um, I, I'm laughing because I just had a similar conversation with somebody, and at, by the end of the conversation, she was like, F them kids. Uh, so we often talk about the children, but what about those of us who are dealing with aging parents and like the guilt that comes with how do I pursue my happiness, but also 
look after my mom, my dad, my aunt, whoever that person is. I am curious if anybody's having to deal with that guilt or they've they dealt with it previously. No. Um, our Black Utopia a few weeks ago, that is Halisi and Rick who live in Portugal. They've got a YouTube channel. There is a link to a video they did um, where they interviewed, and I cannot remember the woman's name, but it's about her experience, you know, supporting an aging parent in the US and how moving abroad really, it, that was the thing that saved them. That was what allowed them to sort of escape maybe a future mired in poverty. There is a link in the description. What is that video called? Uh, movie, I think, or the, the title I gave it, Moving Abroad with Aging Parents over on the Our Black Utopia channel. I mentioned that because there may be somebody who is listening to this and you've you've been nodding your head the whole time thinking I am in agreement girl I hear you blah 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 but I can't do it I got to take care of my mom I got my mom and my dad uh and or that I would do it but I would feel so guilty uh, I want you to know that we hear you and there are folks out there who are finding ways to balance the two. Um, so I definitely, if that's you, definitely check out uh, that video because it may open up some avenues that you hadn't really uh, considered before. Uh, life of luxury and ease. My mom wants me to buy her house in Florida. And I told her, no, she's not happy about that. I told her if she wants a house apartment back home, maybe, but not there. You know, we do, we gotta, again, we're women, <laughs> black women. The expectation that we're supposed to put the things that other people want ahead of what we want, that somehow we earn virtue or value from denying ourselves for the sake of other people, that we, we got to leave that alone because uh, that, that is not serving anybody. It's, it's not serving anybody. Uh, well, it's not serving us. Most importantly, my day by Lori says, that's me. Couldn't imagine not being able to take care of my parents. So I add in more travel to get away. That's the thing. Um, I am not saying there is one solution for all of these situations, but denying your own happiness or feeling guilty about it. Again, who does that help? Who does that serve? Uh, it, it, it does not serve you. So, you know, you figure out a way that you can have some of what you want until you can figure out a way to have all of what you want is what I say. Oh, excuse me. My nose is stopping up. 
caring for aging parents is approaching because time is passing. I'm trying to hurry up and get some freedom now before that comes. I'm curious for those of you that, you know, have aging parents, is there any thought or consideration of bringing them with you? on your travel, on your move outside the U.S.? Uh, Monica in the house with leaving us and uh, the U.S. and allowing other, other, other siblings to step up to help our 89-year-old mother. Yeah, Monica has been the go-to person. And I think some of y'all you know, I was the only, well, I wasn't exactly an only child, but I would have been the only person responsible for my mother. But some of you, you have siblings and it's just fallen on your shoulders because you're, you're the doer in the family. You've always been the doer. And like Monica was like, you know what? I'm going to allow y'all an opportunity to step up here and do some things. Um, and, and, and help, our mother out because she's not just your mom. Exactly. Um, interesting high vibe. I think it also speaks to the notion of owing your parents something. And I, I think it does. Um, culturally, because uh, remember, Black folks are not a monolith. Uh, some of you, especially if your your parents' roots are from somewhere else, this idea that this is what children are supposed to do for their parents, um, that can definitely complicate things. My day by Lori says, I had to go to therapy to get over the guilt of even taking time for myself. It's a very hard journey. It is, because if you think about it, it starts, the, the conditioning starts very, very early. And I would argue boys don't get it the way girls do. Men do not get it the way women do. When, when it is time to sacrifice, to step back, it's, it just means if, if, if somebody knows different, prove me wrong, but it always seems that it is the woman who is expected to step back, to sacrifice, to give up. It is never the man. And, and that, for that to be the case, that conditioning starts very, very young when we are children. Megan says, I am not a martyr. I hear you. I hear you. <clears throat> Auntie Trey says, I learned that when taking care of aging parents, if a sibling is not able to handle things, they need to speak up. It's very hard managing that. Uh, Megan says, <laughs> she's no longer the doer. It took me a long time to figure out that that is how other people perceived me. I could not, for the life of me, wrap my head around, like, why was it, why was why were people always putting things on my plate? Why was it always my job, my responsibility? And my youngest was like, cause you're the doer. Like, I know if I ask you, it will get done. And uh, yeah, I, I, I have had to step away from that as well. Uh, 
of doing of doing everything. High Vibe says it's gender, birth order. There's always the expectation that I would be the primary caregiver if necessary, because uh, you're the oldest. Yep. Yep. See what else y'all said in here. And, and here's the other thing. I think it's important to have, to open up a dialogue, to have a conversation because often we won't broach something because we think, oh, there, we, we make assumptions about how other folks will react when we don't really know. And, you know, I feel like it's important to have that, that conversation. Absolutely. Okay. So that's, that is what I have. Those were, those were the areas of guilt that I've seen pop up most. Did I miss something? Is there some other facet of your life that you've been made to feel guilty about? Uh, you know, when you are pursuing, pursuing the life that you want. Um, I don't know. Y'all tell me. Shauna, this is a good point. I feel like we all know we're going to get old and need help. So why aren't we making uh, a plan for it now. That's where the conversation comes in. Uh, my mother retired at 50, 52 when her first grandchild was born. Um, and we'd never had <laughs> any conversations at all. And so uh, as somebody in their early twenties, I just assumed she knew what she was doing. Like surely she wouldn't be retiring with no plan. That is exactly what she did. Uh, I, I don't know if her plan was me or what, but there had never been a conversation. And there are folks, play, uh, especially parents, uh, well, I was going to say, especially parents from other places beside the U.S., but no, I, I think American, there's some American-born folks who are of the same mindset, like, like, you're my kid, this is what you're supposed to do, but the kid has no idea that that's the expectation on them. So yeah, we should be making plans, we should be having conversations. Um, I think maybe some of that goes back to this sort of um, skittishness people have about talking about death. It is one of the few certainties in life, yet people shy away from having those conversations. And not having the conversation doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means it's going to happen and then you're going to leave a mess behind for the folks who, who, who you leave, you know? So no, we should, there should be conversations happening there. Uh, Pinup Wonderlust says, since I understand my responsibility to myself, I have advised my daughters that I do not want them to take care of me. I have a plan. I am on that same page. 
Like, and, and I don't know if I arrived there because my own mother was planless and, you know, I got broadsided uh, when she retired at 52 with no plan and barely two nickels to rub together. And then she had a stroke at 50, 58, 57, 58, 59, somewhere around there, she had a stroke. Um, I think maybe because I had that experience, I was like, oh, okay, well, I know what I'm not going to do. And so, yes, I have had that conversation with my children as well uh, about that I do have a plan and they don't need to be worried about that sort of thing. Uh, interesting. High Vibe says, I had to beg my mother to give me a copy of her healthcare proxy and I'm her proxy. <laughs> it's like she's superstitious about it. Um, I don't, I don't know if people feel like talking about it is going to hasten it, but again, it is one of the few, if not the only certainty we have in life. It is going to happen. We just don't know when. We just don't know when. Um, and again, I know, like Rushy C says, I would love to see that. I want to move, but I can't because my mom is in a residential home with dementia. Uh, and so that's that's where you know some soul searching comes in like you staying nearby what does that achieve does that achieve your intended goal because you know there are several people in the chat who've commented that they made the choices they made about where they would end up was part of that was precipitated by being able to get back and forth uh, to an aging parent in a certain amount of time. So yeah, you have to stay near, but you know, maybe you could re-examine how near near has to be. It's a, I, I do not propose that I have all the answers, but I think it's important for us to have the conversations and to think about, is there a way that you can get what you want? So, yeah. Okay. So that, that is, that is what was on my mind. I thought it was really important for us to have a conversation about guilt <laughs> and about how feeling guilty is not winning us any prizes. It is not serving us at all. And here we are at the beginning of 2023 uh, when it's just natural to kind of reassess and reevaluate how we're doing things. Are we doing things in a way that serves us? So that, that was my goal today with this conversation. 
Um, I hope that y'all enjoyed it. Uh, the podcast that you have just listened to, not only is it available on YouTube, it is also available on, I don't know, all the places like Spotify and all the podcast spaces. Uh, if <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to remind you that if you want to support the podcast, you should, if you're listening to this on a podcatcher, make sure that you like subscribe if that's a possibility or you leave a review. If you are on uh, YouTube, you can subscribe on YouTube, leave comments, so on and so forth. Uh, I see a couple of questions that, hold on, let me pull back into the chat. Somebody mentioned, I did the other live episode of the podcast I did was about the decisions. I think this is what you're talking about, uh, Kat. Um, can you do that session again? Maybe, uh, a session, a session on how to make those life decisions prior to moving aboard abroad, just in case, um, what episode of the podcast was that? Let's see if I can find out for y'all. Um, okay. My computer is being really slow. <laughs> But no, I did an episode of the podcast about doing life alone because there are those of us who, like myself, um, you know, we are we've chosen to live the life that we want. And that may mean a life of full time travel. That may mean a life of seasonal travel. That may mean a life of living outside of our home country. And, uh, you know we often make assumptions like we were just talking about how our parents often make assumptions about the role we will play in their lives. We too often, or we've been conditioned to make assumptions about like, Oh, but what happens, you know, if I get hurt or I get sick or this, that, and the other thing. And so I did an episode, um, you know, doing life alone. It was episode 38, um, that may be a conversation we need to revisit about like, what does that look like? I am in the process of like rechecking through all some of the things that I set in place before I moved abroad. Now that I'm pushing seven years outside the U S. Um, so yeah, that may be a conversation uh, that we do need to have again. Is that, Detroit, is that the question you were talking about? Let me know. Monica says, thank you for this subject. Guilt has had me for a long time, free at last. Thank God I am free at last. That's the thing, like, these conversations need to need to happen. Like not having these conversations doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the outcome. It doesn't change the situation. So 
Um, I think it's important. And if that means I have to be the one starting the conversation, despite as much as I dislike, because <laughs> y'all know I'm an introvert, uh, I'll, I'll be the one to, to have that conversation. But uh, I do firmly believe in, in, and y'all heard that at the top of the episode when I did the tagline, embrace adventure, I mean, defy convention, embrace adventure, and regret nothing. Because regret and guilt go hand in hand and feel, be, feeling guilty or letting guilt consume us does not solve anything. If, any, if anything, it just creates more problems and prevents us from living the life we deserve. So um, thank y'all for coming to hang out with me on a Friday afternoon. Um, those of you that are signed up for the vision board party, excited to see you tomorrow and hang out. If you are watching this and you're like vision board party, what vision board party? It is sold out. So can't join in that fun, but watch this space. There will be uh, some exciting announcements forthcoming. Uh, so yeah, be sure to watch this space. Make sure you're subscribed so you can be the first to know. And again, we mentioned earlier, the Get Started Investing Challenge starts on month is this? January 16th. There is a link in the description, I think. So if that's if that's one of those things that you've been feeling guilty about, like not being on it when it comes to retirement or just investing in general, that may be something that you want to check out. Okay. So thank y'all for hanging out and I will talk to you all later. Bye.